0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Break It Down for Brackens podcast. I'm Kevin Brackens. Today I am meeting with Brian and Jennifer Bircher, owners of Black Dog Coffee in Shenandoah Junction uh, in Jefferson County, West Virginia. Uh, They are getting ready to open a new store called The Junction Mercantile. And sometime, if everything works out, near the end of March of 2020. um, Jennifer and Brian, thank you for being on the podcast with me.
1: Thanks for Thank having you. us. Kevin.
0: Closer to the microphones, please. Thanks
1: so much, Kevin.
0: Okay, cool. So um, this is a really cool concept from what I've learned in our pre-interview. Let's start with, um, kind of break down what Black Dog Coffee does first for me.
2: Well, we are uh, a coffee roasting company. We buy green coffee from all around the world, roast it Fresh, right here in Shenandoah Junction. And uh, uh, that supplies ours and... A number of other coffee shops and restaurants and, and uh, small shops
1: and yep. B&Bs yep we've got customers everywhere we wholesale to them so they can brew or sell retail bags of our coffee and our ifill cups our Keurig style cup and teas and some chocolates that we also have on our product list and uh, also bring that fresh coffee to market here at our retail store and coffee shop with our full-service barista bar
0: Right. This is definitely a, a wonderful community meeting place. Also, you know, you can come in here with your laptop and do work like a traditional coffee shop or like with what our community group bros and bras does. We come in here once or twice a week and we meet up and then we go for a jog on the trails, which are outside. Um, so how does what black dog coffee is doing? How does that tie into or support the, the new business junction mercantile?
1: It ties in very directly in the way that the notion of it is completely organic by default. So when we started the Black Dog Coffee Company, of course we were at the house and we didn't have very many business partners, but when we came to Shenandoah Junction, we had the ability to bring in small businesses that were producers like we are. and we would buy from them wholesale and sell at retail and that would be an example of that uh, let's say our one of our first customers uh, was sister sue's jams and jellies so they were selling direct through the farmer's market and they had never thought about wholesale pricing or um
2: actually a lot of them from the farmer's market right vendors uh, uh, a lot of them grew out of the farmer's market where they used to have a a four or five month or whatever um, season mm-hmm. you know, and then the market closed. Now we offered them a year round place to put their, right. their goods on our shelves.
1: Exactly. Sale retail space for their products so that when we came into the shop, we were like, Oh my gosh, we need items for people to buy. And the, The worst thing we could have done, of course, would just to buy like uh, commercial products that are in every other store when we have producer friends. So we invited them from the farmer's market and said, Hey, would you like to sell your eggs in our store, your grass fed meat, your pork? your your greens you know your jams and jellies soaps, and soaps and lotions. lotions yeah pottery so we had all of these handmade items and when we bought them we noticed that people didn't know what a wholesale pricing was and we explained that as a brick and mortar store we've got bills to pay Right. And so we've got to have some profit margin in there and the ability to store space. And uh, so that was kind of a new concept for many business. So just by default, we, came, we became a small business incubator because we had to um, help guide small businesses into the same uh, kind of, position we were in as wholesalers ourselves so here we are supplying to other people and we have that experience so we imparted our knowledge and shared our good and bad and all of that in hopes that our small business friends uh, would take that information and keep up with supply and demand so that they could be in our shop what's good about a product if you can only get it every now and then so now these businesses that are seasonal were like well, man, I might have to quit my job to supply you year-round, and we're like, well, that's great. That's great when are you gonna right. quit? That's you the mean? Idea. Yeah, <laughs> here we are. We've we've given up everything to do what we love, and that's what we we've seen in you know looking back. We've inspired a lot of people to go full time because they're like, well, if Brian and Jennifer can do it, I can do it. And then from our wholesale. Customers we say we love your product. Why don't you take it over to the store here and tell them? I have my product at the black dog coffee company and they suggest that I meet you and put it on their shelves wow. So every small business becomes a household name.
2: That's really yeah. really awesome Yeah, there's there's some tendency sometimes in the market for people to want to protect Their vendors, you know, they, they sure. want to be the only one that sells that product where totally the other way we want we want our our vendors to be successful we want them to sell to everybody that's a know, very mature way of market, at it. you know so yeah. we encourage you know well that, not everyone we'll goes we'll,
1: to the same stores right. i mean everyone has it's just like coffee shops or coffee roasteries we have so many roasteries which is great brian and i love to see new roasters emerge because that means people really appreciate the whole farm to being to roast concept and and it's it's nice to see that, but everyone has their favorite place to go to their their comfort zone, uh, the taste or style they enjoy. So we don't really look at. Uh, Any kind of free market as competition we look at is encouraging other businesses to flourish because it creates uh, an exciting environment where you don't have one option, but you have lots of options and you start seeing uh, like-minded people shopping at all of the same places Mm -hmm. and you run into this community of people who want handmade, local made, uh, natural items, things that are not processed to the degree that they're not a real item anymore. Yeah. It's
2: Right. Yes. It's kind of the, uh, what's that old saying? A rising tide lifts all ships.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. You know, even like from my point of view, I, I see it the same way. So with Bracken's painting, mm-hmm. you know, we're licensed. We're, co- we're licensed contractors. We have workers' comp. We have general liability. A lot of guys can go out and just be painters and not carry the necessary right. paperwork. And they can still get the work done. They can still mm-hmm. do good work. But it's nice when i know that my primary competition we all carry the same credentials and paperwork and Mm -hmm. we're not crushing each other more or less it's do good work so none of us get bad reputations so it's it's like mutual like you said Mm -hmm. a rising tide lifts all ships that's really awesome i remember my first time in black dog um i was attracted here when you're talking about being an incubator or a a space for community um, i came here with i think it's called entrepreneurs cafe that was mm-hmm. the very first yep. time, and it was years ago, and and I was just kind of creeping around, and I, I wanted to see what the, that group had to say and everything, and that was a really good thing. That's like, what a really wonderful location you guys had here. All right, good. So, what would um, how does what you're doing here push over into Junction? Tell me what Junction is going to be like.
1: So, Junction Merkin's Hill is just, it's kind of like a newborn baby because we were really just fortunate that our landlords were were so gracious in allowing us to use this space. We've been dreaming about it for about five years now. And um, it's a beautiful building. And for a couple years they were selling fruit and we wanted to continue selling the fresh fruit seasonally. But we also wanted to offer our community the ability to get uh, real good food that is, uh have the ability to store it long-term that is either freeze-dried or uh, dehydrated or in the raw form. So like raw beans or almond flour, raw sugar. Uh, we have a lot of people with large families or people that do meal planning and buying a 11.2 ounce bag of something only lasts you two or three servings. Sure. So, you know, if you can reduce the cost of food for our community, that helps people eat healthier and have access to uh, more dollars so that they could spend it for a better quality of life so for us uh it's just it's just like at the black dog coffee company we we keep our prices very reasonable with our coffee beans we know our competitors charge more but we never deviate from quality it's always a hundred percent a rapid beans we use local grass-fed milk dairy from from a local dairy we use the very best quality products and at junction mercantile it's the same we could definitely do Uh, the long-term food storage buckets that you get at the big box stores, but they're filled with preservatives. So we found companies that do something a little different and have really clean foods with smaller vendors that do the freeze-drying. We're going to work with our supplier now in getting uh, other bulk foods, have a self-packing station so people can share in all of that bulk food goodness you know if you get 50 pounds of almond flour that's great if you're a bakery right (laughs) right but if you're in a keto group and you know almond flour is you know 12 dollars a pound then you know and you're getting it for less then you're you're raking in the savings you're getting more product for your dollar and you're able to spread those dollars because food is expensive especially good healthy food and there's a lot of wonderful places to get bulk foods but because of the nature of bulk foods it can sit in a warehouse for a while and and go bad and we want to reduce waste and have have the ability to offer fresh foods where you can reuse your buckets and your containers and jars and not have to to waste all the paper and
0: Okay. Yeah. Let me let me back up a tiny bit so I can sure. I'm trying to digest you just told me a lot of things. So To some extent, it seems to me like you're going to sell the materials I need if I can my own food. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Microphone. Two, you will also sell the ingredients that would either help me can or that I would be canning. Yes or no? Yes. Yes. Okay. And then one of the third things I see there is that if I needed, like you said, almond flour... I don't need to buy it in bulk, but I go to the store, the regular store, and get it at a certain price, but if I am in a group of people who also need almond flour, we can work something out with you guys to buy a big sack of it and then break it down, right. even on site.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. That's really neat. And yes. maybe even change the way people buy things. I was thinking about the idea of the mercantile, the old style place where people, if you, if you lived on a farm, you didn't go to town every day to get something at the grocery store. You went once a week or once a month, you got your flour or your sugar and you bought it, you know, whatever size sack you would get that in. And you had a pantry. You you went home and put that stuff in your pantry. So rather than buy a pound of almond flour, using that as an example, maybe you're buying, you know, three or four or five pounds and then you've got it. You're not having to run back into town to get it again, you know, so. So
1: you're reducing the carbon footprint. You're not running into town and you're also reducing your day to day stress for items that should already be staples in your house for cooking. So you don't have to worry. They're there already.
0: So this is, this is, um, the beginning of a shift in how people consume, Mm -hmm. um, making it instead of the opposite. Usually shifts are always expensive on the front end, but in this situation you're providing the opportunity for groups of people to come in and make it more affordable as individual customers. Okay. And then what would be an example or two of a business that would be buying from you and why would they buy from you versus a an enormous distribution company?
1: Well, with... Large companies you have to place a minimum dollar amount order and you Give me an example $500 of that. Five hundred dollar minimum. So, so I, what, what would
0: I be buying? Let's let's just use it. So
1: a, we're gonna let's say we're a bakery and we need flour and sugar and baking powder. You could go to a big business and they'll say, Well, we offer that at forty percent off the retail and you're like, Great, but you have to buy five hundred dollars worth. For a small startup company, that's that's a financial burden.
2: It's a that's big scary. Commitment. Yeah, you know, it's a or or it means a trip to a city center, like you know, Baltimore. There's food distributors and restaurant warehouse, whatever it's called. Right. Okay. Uh, people drive all the way there to pick up their ingredients and drive, and, that, and that's that's a lot of time. You know, right. small business people don't have a lot of time often. So no doubt
0: we can we can do this locally. Okay. You know. So so moving forward, so. I interrupted you and I'm very good at interrupting people (laughs) when they're in the middle of their point. Um, it's because I got to stop it before we get too deep into the point. So we're, we're saying a bakery is going to order sugar, flour, and baking powder. Yes. For
1: instance, sure. Shortening.
2: So even, you know, spices and, you know, different things they're putting
0: into, you know, other things on the ingredient list. mm -hmm. Yeah. we'll we'll touch on some of the items I think you're going to be selling, but so, if I was the baker, a startup baker, maybe a small commercial kitchen, or even still in my own house, I could come to you, not be locked into some big $500 order, probably come in here and spend $100, get it in a version of bulk. and
1: Right. So you take it back and you look, you look at the price that you're selling at retail. So if it's a home baker and... Maybe they're selling a cupcake at $3 each because they're using all organic ingredients, and it's worth it. They put the love, the time. It's beautiful. Sure. Then they realize that at Junction Mercantile, they can reduce their costs by maybe 50% overall, and then they can reduce their retail price and maybe offer it to the customer at $2.75 or two fifty. dollars um, Or if, keep it at 3 Or and keep just make it at 3 right. and the margins. What are we doing here? right? Or, yeah, their we're, or we're in business. Expand yeah. their, <laughs> or expand their business so that they can actually um, open wholesale accounts with brick and mortar stores who might want their beautiful cupcakes and have that cushion in there that they they're actually profiting instead of having to uh, spend yeah. more on supply. So for everyone, for us, it's we've learned that you can absolutely profit more by putting in cheap products because we've seen businesses that have closed down in in our in the 13 years we've been doing coffee. We've seen coffee shops that started off with the best ingredients and then little by little replace them Mm. with lower costing ingredients because their profit margin increases but then don't know why customers aren't coming back but customers if you're tasting good milk and pure cane sugar or maple syrup or real vanilla then you know what it's like to have something that's not real food so we want to just continue our our mission of providing the cleanest real foods possible we're a clean food store at the black dog coffee company and although we'll have access to anything you want at junction mercantile uh, we're going to encourage people to eat healthy and clean because if you don't have your health what do you have at the end right right so and we want to no. see our customers around for a long another time another thing
2: on the thing uh, on the pricing on a you know a small cottage industry kind of business starting out. Most of us start out selling retail. And right. We establish our retail price. It works for the public and everything. We discover as we try to grow that we can't be everywhere ourselves, personally. Um, so we have to get on shelves somewhere. Now we've opened up wholesale and we've never really thought about wholesale pricing, you know, and obviously, um, you know, the, the retailer, um, the end seller has to have some profit in there to cover their expenses and keeping the doors open and everything. So now we've got to think about our pricing and bring it down to, we really have to sharpen our pencils and find out what's it costing us to make this and how much do I need to make myself that I can sell it to the reseller and that they can make a profit. So being able to buy your, your um, ingredients you know, at a lower price helps you do that.
0: Ideally, people are thinking of that before they set their retail price. I've thought of this in the past mm-hmm. is that when you have an item that you want to sell just because you can really make your profit margins at 3x mm-hmm. your cost or mm-hmm. 7x your cost or mm-hmm. 10x your cost and that's where you need to be to cover your overheads, doesn't mean that's what your price should be. You need to figure out what your price needs to be right on wholesale and then set your retail that is the ideal scenario, but man, oh man! It,
2: yeah, it's just not the way it happens. I know. Time, I know. Right? I get it. You know, yeah. You're you're making something and people like it and they want to buy it and you're like. Wow. Brian, well, I get, I get yeah. it. Yeah. The and other then,
1: part that is undervalued is the effort that the producer puts into it because when they grow to a level that they cannot be a one-person operation, then they're paying a salary to pump out all of that product. I and know. if you don't build hmm. that into the salary, the labor, the, the sweat equity that you put into it, then you've already shortchanged yourself before you get out
0: the door. Being in business is flat out scary <laughs> it is flat out it's such an adventure, it's such it's an adventure. yeah that's it's an <laughs> adventure. No, no, it's an adventure <laughs> and when you start talking about the inch intri- the uh, the instant tricks or whatever the word is the Intric- intricacies yeah the, the intricacies when you start thinking about that this you know people are just normally so excited to get their product mm-hmm. launched get their business running make a little bit of money do right by people, then all of a sudden they're like, wait, I should be three times more expensive. How do I translate that into the future? And mm-hmm. it's so tough. It's you got to really know. you got to be so intuitive. Um, all right, cool. So let's move forward a little bit. So you're going to offer these products in a smaller version of bulk for the most part for companies that are established but also the ones that are just kind of cutting their teeth on it and mm-hmm. regular and just at customers
1: home. at home well yeah i'm,
0: yeah, I'm on the yes. business i'm on, oh, the business on the business side, side i'm sure. on the business side right now not so much the oh, individual okay, customer sure. or family so you also mentioned there's the opportunity for um, maybe pop-up shops in the new space too talk to me about that a little bit
1: sure we've got a front front porch space so we used we actually still do now front porch pop-ups here um, in front of the Black Dog Coffee. But over there, we have the ability to give a little bit more space and an area to keep the products for the weekends. We also have an upstairs that will have space for uh, companies to launch their product and maybe do a small tasting or a review. Or um, if they want to do a talk or a gathering or speaking engagement, we'll have that kind of space as well. That's
2: awesome. Yeah, one of the toughest things for uh, small businesses starting out is is – getting an audience, getting in front of people so they can present their product and, you know, let people see it, taste it, try it. Um, and I remember early on doing every little church bazaar and, you know, every little right. event around the county running around everywhere, doing all those things, you know. And um, uh, some people don't have that, you know, that luxury, you know, to, to be able to do all that. So giving them a place where whether it's a weekend or whether it's a week, you know, where they can set aside time and, 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 uh, get in front of people. Right. So, you know. With
1: an interested audience. So the audience is definitely excited when they see a new business launch and it's someone they know or a product that they've heard about or, wow, that's cool. You did what? And they hear that story and it becomes very personal and they make that connection with the producer and then they become lifelong customers and it's it's a beautiful way to build a community.
0: That's, you guys are just... You're doing it right in so many ways. And as as a customer, I I, I just can say it, that my needs from a community space and a coffee shop are more than met. And if I could say, if there were things that I could want from Black Dog Coffee, more space. More space. (laughs) I don't know. More space, which we love how generous you guys are all the time anyways, but boy, we wish we had more space. Or boy, we wish we could do our... Silly cookie social not out in a rainstorm
1: and now you're gonna have that and that's what I'm saying Mm -hmm. Like you guys Mm
0: -hmm. are you're seeing the future you see the opportunity and it's not all just for profit It's it's not all just for building your business. It's actually being a True contributing member of the community by the definition and that's I have to say this and I'm sure I'm speaking for a lot of people. We appreciate you genuinely appreciate you and as a business owner, I know what it takes. I know what donating coffee cups costs. I know what donating hats and hoodies. and You guys are simply amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, thank you for what you do for this community. Thank you. Thank yeah. you.
1: It's, it's, you know, for us, we don't realize, like, really until someone tells us, like, no one can see on the radio, but I feel, like, really red right now. Mm. Like, <laughs> just hearing, I can tell Brian's, like, churn colors, too. And it actually gets us really emotional because... You know, small business is a struggle. Absolutely. And it's a joy. But knowing that we can make a difference in lives through coffee and through how we interact with our community, the uh just the sheer culture that comes through our baristas to the community when I read reviews online and answer all of these and I'm like, we're not even here sometimes and I get, ding, you get them on your your brackets right. painting yeah. or bros and bras and someone will say something yeah. and you're like, Oh, I hope it's good. <laughs> you know? I know. Right? I know. It's never like, Oh, <laughs> I wonder what that is. It's always like, Ooh, it could be anything. Right. And you know, and you, you read those reviews and you're like, wow, our barista did that for a customer. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's just exactly what we would have done. And then some, so right. to see that, What we've built has just come through through other people, even when we can't be here. That is the definition of success for us to have continuity of the Black Dog Coffee Company, whether we're here or not, because it's not about me and Brian. It's about the coffee, the community, the company, and everyone involved with us
0: and associated. Jen, you've built culture. It's very hard to build culture, and you really have. And, I mean, we could talk all day on how wonderful your baristas are. They, How they literally know what we drink somehow. And, and we walk in the door, and even I sat here and did some, some work on the computer a couple of days ago, and I just watched. They knew so many people's names, and that's that's true culture. I mean, it's really, really great, Jen. Thanks. Um, we're not done. Okay. okay, I still have more questions. So... <clears throat> Tell me about uh, a few more of the highlighted products you think you're gonna have over there.
1: One thing we're really excited about, and we were really on the fence up until about two years ago, was if we were ever going to sell wine or cider. So many of our customers, see that uh, flying dog brewery had our cold brew coffee infused with their beer for a few years and then black draft distillery has the rise and shine moonshine Uh, well we never thought of selling alcohol because we're a coffee shop and we cater to all ages
0: sure Mm -hmm. but
1: then as we grew and traveled the state and met more people we just didn't know much about wine or cider. And you meet people and you're like, wow, that's a cool industry. Not that we're big drinkers, but we can definitely appreciate the the same struggle that they go through for their passion. You know, mm-hmm. where it started off as a hobby. They're very passionate about it. And all of a sudden, what is your phrase, honey? Your passion...
2: Something. She's referring to Brian, by
0: the yeah. way. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, no, sorry. I'm the quiet one Brian, over here.
1: <laughs> Brian has a saying about a hobby and passion. Oh, oh,
0: there's a
2: fine line between a hobby and a mental mental illness? Yes. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> and so when we see that, um, you know, that a company has the same uh, mental ability, we have to translate our passion into a product that's exciting for us so Mm -hmm. a couple years ago at the state fair we met uh dave and lynn stone from stone road vineyard they're way on the other side of the state in elizabeth west virginia and we were talking at the fair and they were drinking our coffee and they kept saying taste our wine and i'd say no it's 11 a.m i gotta wait till (laughs) after the fair so by the end of the fair i tasted wine and learned about it and said wow if we ever have a store that could sell wine i would love to feature your wine because of the story because Mm -hmm. of the people Um, last year we talked about a coffee wine and they took some cold brew home and did a little playing around and came up with um, a recipe and we're actually going to do a little tasting later on this evening with some of our staff and you're welcome to stick around but um it is uh yeah brian's going to get the bottle for me right there yeah it is a beautiful wine that is flavored with our chili dog cold brew so um, we've got the bottle the stone road vineyard and it's got our logo on it and,
0: uh, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. That is really cool.
1: Yeah, and it's Animals at Play is the name of the the wine. So mm-hmm. we're really excited to try it. And they are just amazing people mm-hmm. with an amazing vineyard. And uh, we're are. so excited. Yeah, very excited. And they have a dog. And they yep. have a dog, Stone,
0: yes. Stone Road Vineyard. Yes. That's great. So you're going to be offering wine and cider
1: wine and cider. So
0: this would be the first of a couple different wines or <laughs> So that's the, plan? the
1: way we're going to do it is rather than just stocking our store like a wine shop, we're going to organically bring in business partners just like we did here at the Black Dog Coffee Company. We don't sell a product if it's an edible type product unless we've tasted it and we, we like it and we make sure, or if it's not a clean food, we won't bring it in, you know, or, uh, if it's a soap, we try it before we put it on the shelf so before we bring anything into the sh- store we want to be able to tell our customers yeah we've tried it we either use it we like it it's you know we can say it from experience you
0: stand by it a little bit yeah.
1: exactly and that's the same thing we want to do with our wine and cider is go to the actual producers locations learn about their company bring that back to jefferson county so that when we do a tasting or sale that we can tell from our our point of view why we're carrying this product and why our customers why we think that you'll enjoy it
0: that's great what are uh, what's another <clears throat> item that you're excited about bicycles Yes. Well, no, not not that one yet. Oh, <laughs> oh not that. One, I'm looking oh, more at far, the yeah. oh,
1: the international MREs. Yeah. Oh. yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> We're still on the food contact content, sure, and sure, I, I want yeah. I have questions also. So sure. let's talk about the MREs, and then we'll get into the uh, uh, facility itself. Okay. Uh, next.
1: Sure. Yeah. International MREs. I mean, just v- the online buzz and the videos where people open different uh, meals ready to eat. That's the what the acronym stands for. So most military uh, people would know that what that stands for. But if you aren't military, then mm-hmm. it's meals ready to eat, and um, it's just so cool. They have really cool versions from different countries. And different items. Let me, let me mm-hmm. interject for a second. Sure.
0: When I think of MREs, I think of what I had in the Army. <laughs> and now it's like a bag, like a, almost an airtight yeah. bag with bags inside. Is that also what we're talking about? Is that similar, that's similar that's packaging. You yeah, know,
2: some of them, uh, for instance, if you get a chance, go go online and uh, look up uh, who is the one? Emmy?
0: Mm-hmm. Emmy? I
2: can't
0: remember.
2: Emmy does something. Are they, like, I mean, are they gourmet a, or something? No, some are. Uh, some look up a French MRE. Okay. Oh, yes. I, Really? I watch this girl. It's a YouTube video, you know, and she sure. reviews MREs, you know, and and the French MRE is just so interesting, or Japanese, Japanese MRE with MREs. the rice packets and right. the seaweed and different stuff. Yeah, you know, It's just pretty neat stuff. It's uh, it's fun. That's cool.
1: Right, and it just goes along with uh, with we're gonna have long term storage, freeze dried buckets of food. So that was my
0: next question.
1: Yeah, so you know it's all right up there with other than coffee. Brian and I are passionate about being able to stay at home and relax and not have to run around and do things in between working twenty hours a day. So if we can, if we can stay home and i say man we want some chili well most people would say well i've got to go to the grocery store well we've got ground deer meat in the freezer and we've got chili beans on the shelf in a jar and we've got everything we need and spices so we literally could take it out and make it without having to leave and um a general store concept or a mercantile is something that uh, back in the old day that's that's what people did
2: mm-hmm. yeah i even as although it's getting to be a longer time ago, every day, you know, when I was a kid, when we had a snowstorm, you know, sure. I come from a Pennsylvania hillbilly family, you know, so we had canned goods. We had everything. A snowstorm didn't break our stride. You right. Know. We were kind of already heating with wood anyway, you know, and,
0: and we had food, we had stuff, you know, so, um, you know, just, yeah, I, you know, I can, can see the direct, I can see the direction that you're helping people mm-hmm. who are in that zone head. That's really good. Um, I wanted to touch on one more thing before we talked about the facility itself. Uh, we talked about you said buckets with free, just dried food. My mind goes to end of the world kind of stuff.
1: Absolutely not.
0: I, but I'm, I'm yeah. saying, like in your
1: mind, yeah, I understand. Yeah. That's the that's the concept. I'm like coming. Prepping, yeah,
0: uh, for economic disaster or something like that, where you've got all this food stored up and it's it's um not the best food, but it's there. You're talking about a different kind of prepping? Yeah, so Microwave. clean foods, clean foods. So I was going to ask you what that you meant, have, too. Yeah,
1: that means there's not going to be uh, MSG in okay. the product. There's not going to be a lot of preservatives, high sodium, high sodium things that if you're getting a, free, a bucket of long-term storage food, you might. Eat it and get really sick within days if, if something were to happen, like we had another okay. duration or a snowstorm or power outage.
0: So you can survive on that stuff. Right, you can survive. But you but wouldn't you be can't the healthiest. Thrive.
1: It wouldn't be healthy.
0: Gotcha. Right. That's a very good description.
1: Whereas there. I come from the point is that I have food allergies, a lot of food allergies. And for me to go into any restaurant, I would literally have to look at the ingredients list to make sure I don't have an allergic reaction. Over the last three years, when I travel, and I'm on the road a lot selling coffee and helping people learn about coffee, and I take jars of freeze-dried food, and I have it layered in a jar, and when I stop to get gas, I get hot water from the hot water tap and I fill my jar and I've got it seasoned so if I want something like chicken and rice and some vegetables freeze drying process retains the natural flavor and nutrients and within minutes since the freeze drying process literally cooks the food fresh um, it comes back like fresh food and it's nice and hot so I can be on the road get a nutritious meal not have to worry about anaphylaxis or having some kind of stomach ache or sickness and nourish myself for pennies on the dollar as opposed to stopping for two hours to go to a restaurant having to wait for that and then get back on the road so um it's good for students backpacking lunches well,
0: hold on are, are mm-hmm. you you sound like you're really good at this so are you going to offer classes
1: yes, yes we are actually um agricultural classes um uh, meal prep classes, classes on how to live a healthy lifestyle. That's Are you going to teach people
0: it. how to do what you just said? You I'm going to definitely
1: have a class for that. And the charge, the fee will be for the, the items that they put in. Right. So the food items, so the cost of the meal prep. But the class itself, you know, that'll just be part of our our initiative to teach people how to sure. how to do all of this. Just to share our knowledge on how we're
0: buying your stuff anyway.
1: Right. But how to yeah. how to live like we, we we tell our baristas, you know, it's one thing to say you work here. But you need to walk the walk. So if you're going to places that serve food that are not clean foods and you're eating things that are not healthy, it reflects in your attitude and work here. Because here, everybody maintains a really, like, we try to eat the very best clean foods and be as healthy as we can. And and that's that's really important because without, like I said, without health, we have nothing. And in our community, you know, we we look at since we opened our goal has been to elevate the status of west virginia our businesses our people and we're right in the middle of the county people come and visit us from all over the world right off of route nine so we like to be able to show that west virginia is wonderful and it is we we have people that come back and or say i never knew west virginians were so nice and hospitable and Especially through the Eastern Panhandle, getting those kind of reviews or hearing that people drove all the way from Northern Virginia or DC or Baltimore because we mm-hmm. serve grass fed milk yeah. in our fresh roasted coffee every weekend. We're
2: yeah, people are coming out.
1: Every weekend. Yeah. And that's like it's part of their
2: regular, amazing. regular rotation. Every yes. couple of weeks they come out. And
1: yes, Hagerstown, uh, up in,
2: up in Paw Paw, people come down
1: and just to experience what we have here so becoming a destination yes it's really nice yes
0: speaking of destination let's talk about what the facility is going to have beyond the larger front porch and beyond the pop-up space and the upstairs sort of small meeting area you mentioned a few other really cool aspects Now, bicycles? Yeah. Sure. Okay. (laughs) Go ahead,
2: Jennifer. Oh, yeah.
1: We um, had this great idea that uh, only because we had customers coming saying, I didn't know there was a bike trail across the street from your shop, and said, well, I wish I brought my bicycle. And with the advance of technology, you can now uh, rent bicycles via a phone app and we're going to have them available and they're going to be here there's going to be 10 bicycles and they're really nice bicycles i don't remember Mm. all the names and details but they will say powered by black dog coffee and uh, you can rent it with your app go out on the trail ride around enjoy your time in jefferson county park it and then go back on your merry way without having to to bring your bicycle
0: and you mean park it back where you found it yeah back yes. where you found it right. okay. yes yeah.
1: yes otherwise your credit card is automatically billed a million dollars
0: that's awesome so bicycles that are powered and, by black and dog then the uh,
1: train the rail fan deck that's so something that's
0: new to me explain that to me
1: well here in Shenandoah Junction and in a lot of areas where there's trains we have what are called known as rail fans and they travel literally all over the United States and some internationally just to watch trains. That is what their passion is and we want to provide a space for them to do so safely because right now with the way our parking and the the roads are Rail fans like to gather in the most unsafe areas to watch the trains, and we want to protect them. So we want to build a nice deck out back, and you can put your coffee cup down and camera and and watch the trains. And, of course, a lot of kids love trains, and that'll help uh, ease my mind when they get excited and hear the train and run out to the back. At least there'll be a, a fence and a deck And encourage more uh, tourism that really complements the county where we're not just a place where people come in and pull up and watch the train. But this, again, is a destination site where people say, yeah, we can go have a cup of coffee and watch the trains. And and that's it. Mm -hmm. And then um, a stretch pad for our runners and walkers. Oh, we like that. Yes, yes. And uh, we're hoping that we can landscape the yard out to the side of the, the junction mercantile and have uh, some concrete games long-term like cornhole or ping pong and have them set up. And then there's a big septic field in the middle and that is going to be a butterfly garden. So we Perfect. can encourage more bees <laughs> to uh, pollinate and we can have more honey. So a little walk through garden. And, uh, That's cool. Yes.
0: Yeah. That's going to be great. Um <laughs> Will there be a website?
1: Yes. Yeah. And it's probably up right now, but don't look at it because uh, <laughs> it's not ready. we're Start working page on it. Yeah. Yes. Dude, I get Follow it. Follow us on uh, Facebook and Instagram to get the most up-to-date details now.
0: Perfect. And then um, what's the phone number here?
1: 304-724-9040.
0: That's awesome. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anything that I didn't bring up that we want to cover? Anything mm-hmm. else you guys want to let people know about
1: yes we have got a brand new coffee roaster that will be shipped from germany in a few weeks oh, yeah. so is it the
0: same size as the
2: one behind me uh batch size yeah wow uh, the footprint's gonna be a little bit bigger um it's a little bit new this this machine's a vintage 1931 uh the so-called new machine is actually a 1959 brand new yeah <laughs> and, uh, wow. Similar batch size though. Cousins. And, uh, they are cousins. Gotcha. Um, Plutonius, the original here is uh, a Jabez Burns. Uh, around the same time the Jabez Burns started business in the late 1800s, a German company called Probat started in Germany also manufacturing coffee roasters. Um, and uh, in the 1980s they merged, so now they're called Probat Burns. So we'll have a, a Burns from the 30s and a Probat from the from the fifties, yeah, yes. and
0: uh, so they're they're sort of
2: cousins. Yeah. Nice.
0: I saw something on social media, and I might be speaking out of turn. Did you guys give a tour today? Yes. So what's that?
1: Oh well, we give roastery and tasting tours, and we also have. Uh, a cupping lab that we also another program but the roastery and tasting tour that is a group of usually four people or more and up to about seven or eight is what we can accommodate they come in uh, they learn everything from where the beans come from how they're grown uh, processed and then to the roastery and and to the bar and we kind of explain all of that and answer questions Um, it's really nice because people don't know a lot about coffee, or they've only known that it came from a can or a bag and, and didn't right. know much. So we love to uh, teach them about that and and show how the coffee's roasted and do a tasting and explain all of that. So um, we do tours, private tours, so usually on Saturdays, and you just have to book just with us. Just call ahead or so. Yep, call so. ahead and book a tour with us, and then you get a little swag bag, and it's fun. Oh, cool. And yep, we do a little tasting and... Um, and then you're part of the family forever. We're just so of happy. Course. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Of course.
0: Is there anything else? Is there anything else we haven't covered? That any events coming up? Um,
1: yeah, we've got an event in May. Don't forget your mom on Mother's Day. I think it's the week before Mother's Day. So okay,
0: um, you find that on Facebook too. Yeah,
1: you'll that'll be coming out soon. Um,
0: what about yearly events? What what happened? Because you never know when someone's listening to this podcast.
1: Yeah, yearly events where we've been thinking about changing some of our events so I think the one thing we're looking forward to is on the 20th of February we'll be down in Charleston at the Civic Center for the uh,
0: That's Charleston, West Virginia. Yeah, Charleston,
1: uh, West Virginia for the uh, Winter Blues Farmer's Market. So over 250 vendors, thousands of people coming to the Civic Center. And we're going to bring our coffee and our uh, black draft bourbon-infused beans down there. So that's an exciting, exciting event coming up.
0: Well, Brian and Jennifer, thank you so much for sharing all this information with me. Um... I'll get some information to put in the notes, you know, with a Facebook page, Mm -hmm. Um, and I guess you can find the events on your Facebook page, or you can find out how to contact you guys, but this this new endeavor sounds really, really interesting, and I'm all about education, specifically with this podcast. I'm learning so much, and I know I'm going to get with you guys to do a, maybe a 1-2-3, a 101, 102, 103 on coffee. Sure. Oh, that'd be great! Like, let's just yeah. break it down for mm-hmm. me, because there's light roast, there's medium, and there's dark, right? And then there's the recommendations your staff makes for me, which are like zoomed up with four mm-hmm. shots of, you know. And I mean, <laughs> I get rocking the whole day with those things. So, um, I think I would love to put that together at some point in the future, sure. and that's something our listeners can look forward to. But one more time, thank you for what you do for the community you guys don't know the impact that you have and you should really feel good that people can reach out to you and, and hopefully you have the bandwidth to help when it has to do with a a meetup place or I couldn't believe that that many people came to that entrepreneur's cafe that one night, my first time I came in the place was jam packed and I was like, this is incredible. This has got to be getting in the way of business, but but it's really great what you do for the community. Thank you. Um, Thank you, Bros and Bros. Thanks you. At one point, you were talking about you know people being comfortable. Like we consider this our turf, we defend it in the winter time. This is <laughs> our you. turf. Thank, Thank you. So, yes, you're all all right. always welcome here. Well, once again, thanks for being on the podcast. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Kevin. Thank I you. Appreciate you. Pleasure. Awesome. This podcast is brought to you by City National Bank in Ransom, West Virginia. I am Melissa not and manage both of our Jefferson County locations. Our Charlestown location is located on George Street in Charlestown, and the Ransom location is located in the Potomac Marketplace Shopping Centre. City National Bank is a full-service community bank that provides an array of financial services. We offer a range of free checking accounts and savings products for both consumer and business customers. City National Bank offers competitive low-rate and low-cost lending products for both business and personal needs. Come and talk to me or one of my team members and get products and services that are tailored to fit your schedule and help you to achieve your financial goals. I can be reached at both the Ransom and Charlestown locations. Check out our website at www.bankatcity.com.